Hello and welcome back to the Yeshua Judaism series of podcasts. All right, we're continuing here with the discussion of whether or not God has ever literally and visually been seen, and thus how that impacts the alleged belief that Yeshua or Jesus is God in the flesh. Basically, we're going to prove that he cannot be God in the flesh since God cannot be seen. And we left off on in part one with the question over whether or not God actually did speak to Moses face to face. So this is part two of this discussion. So from part one, we, we read the Bible stating that God at times spoke face to face with various biblical characters, and many Christians sincerely this to be a literal fact, that he literally, visually spoke face to face. Well, did he? Is that to be taken literally? Although the scriptures do indeed say that the Creator God spoke face to face with the children of Israel, they did not actually see him as one sees with his eyes. As I explain elsewhere, this form of seeing God is actually referring to understanding or comprehending God. It is actually a well-known and often used definition of seeing something. We all at times try to explain something to someone else, and we get maybe uh, frustrated, they don't seem to understand it, and, and so we, go, we explain further, and we always ask, do you see now? Do you see what I'm talking about? What we really mean is, do they understand you? All right? Think about what I just said. Do you see what I'm talking about? All right. We all know they don't visually see the talking. They hear the talking. Right? They don't see it. And so the entire, when you say, do you see what I'm talking about? What you really mean is, do you understand what I'm trying to explain to you? That's what you mean. Everybody knows that. We, we all do that. We all use that. In such conversations, what we are actually wanting to know is, do they understand or comprehend what we are saying, what we are telling them, right? We all know that to be true. That is precisely what Scripture means when it talks of seeing God and also of what Yeshua meant when he said in the Gospel of John, and quoting from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 9, Yeshua saith unto them, Have I been so long time with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me, hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Okay, notice, Yeshua says, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. If you've seen me, this is Yeshua speaking, you've seen the Father, right? Okay, Yeshua was not saying, Hey guys, if you were looking at me, then you were looking at God. That's not what he was saying. Instead, he was explaining that if they understood the teachings and faith example that he provided, 
then they likewise would understand what the eternal God's will is for all mankind. That was his basic intent within that entire chapter of John's gospel, that is John chapter 14. In other words, he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you understand my teachings and my example, then you will understand the Torah, the teachings of the eternal Father God. That's what he means. Just like we were discussing just previously, it, it wasn't a literal concept of visually seeing with the eyes. It has to do with understanding. All right. One face-to-face meeting with God is shown in, the, in chapter 4 of Deuteronomy. Reading from chapter 4, verse 12, 15, and 16. And God spoke unto you out of the midst of the fire. Ye heard the voice of the words, but saw no similitude, only ye heard a voice. That's verse 12, verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the eternal God spoke unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. And then verse 16. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Notice, this is basically God through Moses saying himself, you only heard my voice. You didn't see, see anything. You saw no similitude. You saw no representation of God, so to speak, visually. The eternal God would not allow the children of Israel to see any likeness of himself because he knew that they would then make an image of him and worship it. We see now that God's command was well-founded when we consider the far-reaching images abomination within the Catholic Church. I mean, there's images of all kinds of things within the Roman Catholic Church. Since that Catholic Church has ignored and discarded God's direct commandments against such images and idol worship. Now, although the passage from Deuteronomy says that God talked to them, it was not God's actual voice they were hearing. Not only is this confirmed by the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 37, which I'll be reading, but also by Acts, verse 7, verses 38 and 53. Now, reading from John, chapter 5, verse 37. And the Father himself, which hath sent me. And again, this is Yeshua speaking. So this is Yeshua telling us this. Messiah. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. Ye have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Okay? So there you have Yeshua the Messiah saying, you've never heard his voice, you've never seen his shape. And then from Acts chapter 7, verse 38 and 53. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spoke to him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. And then continuing with verse 53, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Now, that was uh, Stephen giving, basically talking in Acts chapter 7, after which he was stoned to death uh, by the, those 
around him who got very angry with what he said. Now, notice what he said. He said that the angel spoke with them out of the mountain. See, what uh, there? if you go back and if you look at that material and read the material, or excuse me, and listen to the material where I discuss the agent or the, the, the shaliach and the emissary of God and, and what that means and how Yeshua the Messiah was an emissary of God, all this is, is talking about emissaries, agents of God, shaliach of God. That's what they're referring to here. The, an angel actually spoke to Moses from Mount Sinai. God did not speak. An angel or an emissary, a shaliach, one who was sent by God, spoke to Moses. And the, so the law was given through angels. All right? So it was not God literally speaking. Now, Judaism, Akiva Judaism would say, yes, it was God speaking. That's because Akiva Judaism is built upon grotesque elitism and worship of themselves. But it, here you have it in Acts chapter 7, verse 38 and 53, another example where it explains that this was not literally God speaking. This was God speaking through an agent, an emissary. All right? So it was actually angels who spoke with Moses and the fathers of Israel. Therefore, Paul tells us in his letter to Galatians, and this is Galatians 3.19, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Again, you have angels, emissaries, working for God, so to speak, sent by God. Ordained is from the Greek word which means to command. All right? So it was commanded by angels, basically. Now, again, we'll go on with Hebrews, reading from Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, now he's referring to the Torah and the teachings of God. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, and the verse stops there. So again, Hebrews 2.2. 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, okay, that's Hebrews 2.2. 2. Notice, the word spoken by angels, shliach, emissaries, agents, all right? It is clear that the eternal creator spoke the law to Israel through angels. He gave the Torah through angels, through emissaries. The creator God himself was never heard, nor was he ever seen. Concerning Genesis chapter 32, verses 24 through 30, where Jacob wrestled with a man, he said there that he saw God face to face. Notice Genesis 32, verses 24 through 30. So Jacob was left alone. Then a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat Jacob, he struck the socket of his hip, so the socket of Jacob's hip was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. I will not let you go, Jacob replied, unless you bless me. 
The man asked him, What is your name? He answered, Jacob. No longer will your name be Jacob, the man told him, but Israel, because you have fought with God. Notice, you have fought with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, Please tell me your name. Why do you ask my name? The man replied. Then he blessed Jacob there. So Jacob named the place Peniel, explaining, Certainly, I have seen God face to face and have survived. And that ends the quote. Now notice, again, he did not see God face to face. Now, in Akiva or Rabbinic Judaism, they, they say that angel was the Satan, the angel of Esau, all right? That's uh, debatable, but it was still an angel, an emissary sent by God. And yes, anything that happens, God knows about it. He was sent by God. So he was struggling with a man. And after all that, Jacob says, I have seen God face to face. He had not seen God. <laughs> okay, he had not seen God. That was not God in the flesh that he was struggling with. All right. Yet also in Hosea chapter 12, verse 3, three and 4, we, found, we find out that it wasn't God, just like I said, but an angel that he wrestled with. And again, Hosea chapter 12, verses 3 and 4. He took his brother by the heel in the womb. Now, he's, he's referring here to, to Jacob, taking Esau by the heel. He took his brother by the heel in the womb, and by his strength he had power with God. And then chapter 4. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He found him in Bethel, and there he spake with us. So, the power over the angel and prevailed. He's referring to the incident that I just read about, wrestling with an angel until, until daybreak. All right? Most people may think that the Bible must be untrue because it seems to contradict itself. How can it state that God spoke face to face or performed an action literally yet in other places present the apparent contradiction that it was actually an angel who did the speaking or who did the actions. Again, you, got to, you need to understand the concept of a shalia or an agent. Please listen to that podcast, all right? Most people fail to understand the truth regarding seeing and hearing God because they approach the issue from a mindset or worldview that is non-Hebraic and not based in Torah. In fact, what we have discussed is a well-established and standard Hebraic concept, which is unknown within Christianity because Christianity rejects the Torah and is Torah ignorant. It is what is known as Torah's law of agency. And again, I discussed this in the Shaliach article, but I will touch upon it a little bit here also. The law of agency. The main point of the law of agency is expressed in the dictum, a person's agent is regarded as the person himself. All right? A person's agent or emissary is regarded as the person himself. The law of agency, as well as the definition of the Hebrew term shliot, which means agent, is discussed in that study that I have referred to. Yeshua is God's empowered agent or emissary, but he is not God. 
and that's proven in that separate discussion. Please review it for more information. The angels that spoke the law or that gave the Torah were the creator's agents or representatives. As such, they had full authority to not only speak in his name, but to seemingly appropriate his name, as they did in Exodus chapter 20, verse 2, where it reads, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Remember the dictum? A person's agent is regarded as the person himself. Therefore, the eternal God's agent is to be regarded as the eternal God himself also, even though that agent is not the eternal God. He is his agent. He is his representative. The angels, as God's empowered agents, spoke and did exactly what the eternal creator sent them to say and to do. Now let's consider Exodus chapter 23, verses 20 through 23. Again, Exodus 23, 20 through 23. Behold, I send an angel before thee. Notice God saying, I send an angel, an emissary before thee, to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the places which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not. For he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. Meaning he's been fully empowered by God to act in God's behalf and to be regarded as God. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. For mine angel shall go before thee, and bring thee in unto the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Perizzites, and the Canaanites, the, the uh, Hivites, and the Jebusites, or Hivites, excuse me, and the Jebusites. And I will cut them off, meaning God's going to have the, defeat them, all right? The angel, or the Hebrew term Moloch, or messenger, would actually speak to Israel, not God. But the creator God says that all I speak, quote, all that I speak, even though God was not the one speaking, it was the angel who was speaking. The angel literally spoke. But again, since the angel was the agent of God, using the law of agency, where we have the person's agent is regarded as the person himself, Whatever the Creator God would command, the angel would say it and speak it and do it. But it wasn't God speaking. It was the angel speaking. Or, yes, the angel was speaking what God had sent that angel to speak. The same is true of Messiah Yeshua. And he said it in the Gospel of John. chapter John 12, verses 49 and 50. For I have not, and this is Yeshua the Messiah speaking, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, 
Even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. So there you have Yeshua in John chapter 12, basically kind of mimicking what we just read from Exodus chapter 23, that he was not God, he was sent by God as an agent of God. And God gave him a commandment, and that's what he spoke. Whatever God told him to do, that's what he did. Just as the angel did in Exodus chapter 23. So, we see that Yeshua, or Jesus, was simply obeying the commands given him by his God, our God, the only true God, which happens to be the God to whom he referred to in John chapter 17, where we read, and this is Yeshua speaking, during one of his prayers, again, Yeshua, do Christians want us to think he was praying to himself? Is that, again, do, do the Christian leaders want you to throw out your common sense and think that God was praying to God? That Jesus God was praying to Father God? I mean, it's... so here we have John chapter 17, verse 3. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God. Now, this is Yeshua speaking or Jesus, the only true God, the one he's praying to, he's praying that you Christians might know that God, the only God, which is not a Trinity God and is not a God in the flesh God. It is the God that Yeshua was praying to. And this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and note the distinction Yeshua the Messiah, or Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Okay, but what about the, quote, angel of God? So often seen in Scripture, you know that angel of God you read about in the Tanakh and in the Bible? What is this angel of God? Was it Yeshua, the Messiah? Was it Christ appearing in a pre-existent form? as the Christian leaders want you to believe? Or was it something entirely different? Please continue on to part three of this discussion where we'll delve into that situation. Thank you for listening, and goodbye.